Hi, y'all. My name is Danasia, and I'm a 22-year-old type A black girl from Las Vegas who just moved to New York City last year to work for L'Oreal as a financial analyst. Hey, y'all. My name is Faith, and I'm a 23-year-old type A black girl from AZ living in Denver working remotely for Cisco as a business analyst. This season is finally here, and we can't wait to share more about our personal lives, working big girl jobs, relationships, and life in general as type A black girls. Hope you enjoy. Hey everyone, welcome to season seven of Taipei Black Girls. We're so happy to see y'all again and for, y- for y'all to see us, okay? Okay, and as you can see, we have a guest today, so even more fun. Yes. Um, for one, let's just dive into our classroom announcements. You guys know the drill. Click that <laughs> link tree. If you have not clicked the link tree and you've been listening to us for seven seasons, right. we put a lot of hard work and effort into that link tree, so just click it. You don't even got to do nothing with it. Um, we have our type A black girls group me. Um, the girlies have been in there talking, getting to know each other. And I'm not sure how many people we have, but it's a pretty big group now, moms. Yeah, it's a pretty yeah. big group. And I'm actually going to meet with a few of them in Denver uh, mid-December. So I'm very excited. Yeah. And stay stay on top of the group me because we might be doing an actual official type A black girls meetup. And the girlies in the group me will probably be the first to know about it. So just stay on top of it. Mm-hmm. Um First of all, we also have our uh, book club. We are reading Verity by Colleen Hoover. The yep. girlies have also been in there talking, okay? Spoiling, okay? Because I said I can't even look at this section of the book club because I, I, I have not read it yet. And yeah. I know I'm going to read it in one day, so I got to choose one day, just knock it out. Yeah. Um. So our first book club meeting will be on December 10th at 8 p.m. Eastern time. So we'll be giving a few reminders, and we'll be sending out the link to that closer to the actual date. But we're yep. only doing one full large book club meeting as you guys yeah. know yeah um so also subscribe to our youtube channel if you guys are actually watching us you can find us on youtube we're trying to get to 200 subs this season so please mm-hmm. subscribe yep. um and let's dive into the question of the week as you guys know this is something new we're doing this season um so this was this was a little a little crazy i'm not gonna hold you um what is y'all's nightmare blunt rotation and yeah. for y'all that like don't know like if you haven't heard that on tiktok or twitter nothing it's basically like let's just say hypothetically we're all to get high who would be the nightmare person that you don't want to pass the blunt to next yeah realistic we'll we'll make you want to not smoke again because they ruin your experience ever i've heard people just stop smoking all all together because they're like you ruined it because you're you have bad vibes um so moms you want to go first yeah, I see, I really had a hard time trying to figure out who I'd put on this list. But from the podcast, if y'all listen, maintenance man is at the very top. Because <laughs> after what he did to my bathroom, I can only imagine what he'd do to the blunt. And that scares yeah. me. Um, mm-hmm. Also, that big man that be dancing in public, like, y'all know the one. We talked about no. him before. But, like, he has, like, his muscles are so big. I don't understand how they're that big. But, like, he's disproportionate because the leg, I don't know. But mm. either way, he scares the hell out of me. And I would hate to smoke with him at <laughs> any point. Do anything with him, realistically. Yeah. Um, following that is also Krishan. That lady scares me. I just feel like she would get, like, high and anxious and try to, like, fight me or something. And I can't, I can't, I can't like, stand up to that. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm standing on business, but not to her. She got. Me. She wins. It's wraps. Um, and then last but not least, my deck advisor. That lady also scares me. Crazy. Very, very insane. So I mean, all together, yeah. yeah. What about you guys? Um, Corny, want to go next to me? You go next. She Yeah, I saw you thinking, Brandon. I'm like, oh, he's thinking over there. Uh, okay. So for me, if is that it was definitely this season when I went to Mexico, Miss Cheeseburger. Um. 
I I don't know what episode that was, but all I will say is she force fed me octopus when we were in ex- Mexico. And I just feel like that's just so insane. And she also, I was telling my team about us having um, Thanksgiving and us having soul food. And my manager was like, oh, what's soul food? Can you explain what that is? And I was like, yeah, like it's this, this, and that, and third. I have never gotten a ping so fast. My, the words left of soul food left my mouth. She pinged me some soul food place that she went to so fast. I said soul food and she sent me the link. Mind you, she lives in another state. And she was like, this is my favorite soul food place. What does that have to do with me? Like, she is a, I just, we call her a walking HR complaint. We we do. My entire team does. It's just like, what does that have to do with anything? Thank you. But what the frick? So, Miss Cheeseburger. They got um, good mac and cheese, though. Cheese. <laughs> but I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to this place that you just put in my, in the WebEx chat. Like, I'm not. Also, if you ever went through a push, like, you know, I have never heard of anybody having a good time in a push. And like, this man was like six foot something. He always wore shirts that always showed his little like happy shirt <laughs> on. And it would irritate me. Like they would. <laughs> he was out there suited in a crop top. That's crazy. <laughs> Talking about like the trail of tears in a crop top, like literally crazy, like. You like they would fit, but he would like raise his hand with like the A push book, and it would just be crop top season. It's like, sir, this is I'm in junior in high school, um, and he, I, he was always threatened by me, and it's like I'm not a threatening person, but like if you say something I don't agree with, I'm going to shoot my hand up and be like, I actually think you're wrong, and this is why because I read for six hours last night. You see what I'm saying? So A push teacher, so Kwame, I've never brought up Kwame on this pod, but grow um. In college, in our in our dorms, you know, everybody downloads Tinder, everybody downloads Bumble, whatever, and we start swiping. Me and my friends would play this game called Swipe Swipe Revolution, where I would put a minute or two minute timer, and we would just start swiping. And it's like whoever matched, whoever it got matched, and then we would just switch phones and just keep on doing Swipe Swipe Swipe, swipe Revolution, just to like for fun. Like that was like a Friday night activity. So, me and my friend, it's a running joke, and um, sometimes when she's bored, she'll just send me this man's picture, and it scares me. Like it, so his name is Kwame. This is Kwame, and and it his Spotify his Spotify song is "Side Inward Anthem" by Deontay Hitchcock. So it was like, oh, oh. I'm just imagining, like, what if, what if, what if Kwame is like a diehard type A type A black boy. And he's listening, he's like, is this play about us? It is. It really is. But Kwame has been, like, a running thing since freshman year. Like, this man, like, I don't know if you've ever seen a Tinder profile. Like, like that's scary a little bit. That was that that profile. Um, but so Kwame, because, like, his face just genuinely scares me. And finally, my deck advisor, Miss Shay, she, she ran that thing like it was a sweatshop. Like you would have thought, like she, she, she like, she's like, I breed winners. Like, like she was just like, I was like, okay. I mean, thanks. Like, but like, whoa, let's, and everybody knew Miss Shay. She was always loud and we, our school always did win, but like, we would have like Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, like test prep. Like we were studying for the bar. Like, no, no, same. Yeah. Yeah. Literally my deck advisor. 
had us walking three miles during one of the con- during one of the conferences because she said we need to get our minds right and it starts with your physical. <laughs> so every we didn't take cabs. Also, she read the like the like rules and regulations for for deck advisors, and apparently in there it only said that you can have taxis. So we literally did not take one Uber or Lyft the entire trip because she said unless we get a taxi, we're not doing it. So we walked three miles to the nearest hotel where she then ordered a taxi from the hotel to where we had to go. What? Crazy. And now she works in a prison. Yeah. I mean. Imagine, imagine getting that email and seeing where it's seeing. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Like, yeah, Miss Shay, honestly, all of the other advisors truly did not like her. It was oh, just thanks. like, yeah, no, nobody liked Miss Shay. And yeah, it was just. It, it gets real petty in Decca. That's just really what it is. If you More know your story, um, but Corn, what are what are your what are your who are your people? So, my people are first. Let's say Rod Wave. I enjoy the <laughs> I enjoy the music. Don't get me wrong. But I agree. If I were to to smoke, I feel like he would ruin my vibe. Like I would just be sad. And who, who wants to be sad and under the influence? Like that just. Doesn't, that doesn't sound fun. It doesn't sound. You're gonna fun. be crying the whole time. Exactly. <laughs> and you're not gonna be able to un- like. You're not gonna be able to stop crying. Yeah. Yeah. Go so, play his music too. He's like, I got to it for you. Actually, no. Don't it's- please don't give him the odds. Please. Please. Um. Second, it would be people who only reference TikToks in conversation, and I say that because it would just mm-hmm. annoy me to the point where I couldn't. I wouldn't be able to enjoy myself anymore. It would get annoying a little bit. Yeah. No offense to anybody who does, who's listening that has talk in TikTok language, but I'm just, for me, I couldn't do it. Yeah. Um, and then third, it would be Funny Marco. I enjoy his videos, but I just feel like I would be, I would become self-conscious and mm. I don't need that. I don't need yeah. that. Yeah. So. Yeah. I agree. I all, all those are very valid, but Rod Wave actually takes the cake. Like takes the cake. Yeah, I think Rod Wave and Krishan for me. That's a nightmare <laughs> in itself. <laughs> I'm terrified. <laughs> no, literally. Um, oh my goodness. Thorn, we're gonna give you the chance to introduce yourself, but first we're gonna ask you about your rosebud and thorn. You guys are new here. Your rose is something good during your week. Your thorn is something terrible that happened, and your bud is what you're looking forward to in the future. Yeah. So, Corn, tell us about your week. Um, my week, <laughs> let's just start with the thorn. Um, okay. I was going somewhere where I had no business going okay. and I, uh, I popped my tire. Like I hit a curb, I was turning, hit a curb, popped the tire, but that wasn't it. Like I hit my head on, you know, like the, you know, like the hold on handle, like yeah. at the top, oh, yeah. it's like made out, I hit my head on that. So I had a concussion as well and a flat tire. So I had to get the tire replaced and I walked around with a concussion for a little bit. So like, we're okay. We're here. Okay. It's been a- okay. That's all that matters. Yeah. Um, but my rose, I would say my AC in my apartment is fixed. They got it fixed after like two or three weeks. So, love, oh, love. Yeah. you know, it was, it's been great. It's, it's cooling off. So, you know, it's November now. Yeah. I don't what I'm gonna do with the AC in November, but at least it's fixed for May, I guess. May, yeah, right? It's, it's called thinking ahead. You already had it on in line. You good? Yeah, yeah. That's what we <laughs> what we tell ourselves. <laughs> um, and I would say the but is I'm just looking forward to being done with the semester and just being able to like relax and just you know mm-hmm. just live a little bit. 
yeah. 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 More, more power to you. Cause I'm not gonna lie. If I had a final do in like a month, I would not be on this podcast. So shout out to you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it had been a long time coming. I don't know when I reached out to you, but it was, it was ample time. It wasn't like, Oh, let me scramble. It was like, Hey, just letting you know, I'm gonna reach out to you eventually about being on the pod. So you did, you did, you did. Very you tight did. back. Cause I'm already knowing even, even if you had like, we're just working, like either way, people have lives and scheduling out even like friend calls like that, that's going to take about a month. So. Right. What's your schedule like in 2024? So we can that, plan something. Thank no, you. it's getting to that point. Like my friends are like, Oh, and you can we schedule call. I'm like, bro, we just don't have to get that for like January, January. Right. I mean, and you have three days in January call. <laughs> Literally. Three days only. And only the mornings. So exactly. She was, she was wisely. Eight, eight to ten. Eastern time. <laughs> it's just what it is. Hey, yeah, you heard the West Coast early risers for real. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. Um, but you guys, I know you guys hear a man's voice if you're doing if you're audio. We haven't had a man on in some time. Um, so corn. <laughs> How how do you know us? How did you come to meet the type A black girls? And who are you as a person? Of course, of course. So um, my name is Cornelius. Um, I went to Arizona State. That's where I met Faith. Yep. And we were a part of Sankofa together. Mm-hmm. And she's always been amazing. And you know, I met Denasia through Faith. And it was just always like such genuine souls. Um, Thank yeah. you, Thor. You guys that's why we were like, oh, we gotta have him on. Yeah, we, don't know, we don't know when we're gonna have a law school episode, but he gotta come. Like, appreciate it. Yeah, um, just a little bit about myself. I'm from Denver, Colorado, where Faith is currently living right now. So, <laughs> you know, I'm from Denver, went to Arizona State. I'm currently at law school at Southern University Law Center in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, it's HBCU. Mm-hmm. Um, and in my free time, I like singing, writing music, that type of stuff. So, you know. I'm getting into it. I like started and then I stopped. And it's just like getting to a point of like the songs are written. It's just like actually putting it out is very hard. And I think when people are doing any type of art, it's a very vulnerable place to be in to yeah. allowing people to do your art. So um, that's just a little bit about me. But, you know, here we are. Oh, love. I didn't even know that. Okay. Well, no, when you drop your first song. <laughs> when you drop the first song, we will have it in the Type A Black Girls link tree. Exactly. I was freaking Lily. I was like, oh, love, love. I love things to get have your creative outlet because, like, being in law school, there's, I don't feel like there's not much creativity. And if you guys have looked at the title, um, we're talking to Corn about the inside scoop on law school. We asked the girlies on um, the pod and the Instagram, like, what do y'all want to know about law school? Because we're going to have a type A black somebody on. And they were like, oh, you know, we're assuming it's a girl. And little do you know. Um, but yeah, we haven't had a man on in a long time. So it, it's good to spice things up. And so, Corn, we're going to ask you guys a few, we're going to ask you a few questions. And then we're going to ask you some of the girlies' questions and get into the hot topics. Y'all know the drill. Um, so, Corn, to start off, what made you go to law school? And I mean, you already said the word you go. So, what made you go to law school? Yeah. So, to be honest, when I was a child, like I've always been interested in the law. My parents, uh, my dad was a director at a juvenile detention center. My mom did work for the state of Colorado doing like work with juveniles or something of the sorts. So, like, law mm-hmm. and like juvenile stuff has always been a part of my life to some extent. 
Um, and then as I went to, like, when I started at ASU, I was like, okay, I know I want to go to law school. Um, and it's just kind of been something inherent. I've always wanted to either practice like criminal or corporate law. You know, everything seems so interesting to the, to be honest. And it's okay that I don't have it figured out, but overall, like I've always just wanted to go. So mm-hmm. I see. I see. Oh, and I you're love your that. first year, right? Yeah, it's first year, first year. Okay. Okay. Um, now what's, another one. All you moms. Oh, I was going to say, like, like your first year, like, what's one word that you describe it so far? <laughs> I would say one word would be unpredictable. unpredictable. Okay. You don't, like, you think you get an idea of what you're doing, like, what you're getting yourself into. And, like, to some extent you do, but you don't know what you're doing or, like, what it's going to be like until you're actually in it. Once you're in it, like now you know what it is now, but even then it's unpredictable at points and you just kind of got to, got to be able to pivot. It's like the same thing with undergrad, like something happens, you just got to take your L for the day and move on. Yeah. And literally law school similar, but it's just kind of, it's different in a, it's just a different type of environment. It's similar, but a lot different at the same time. So I see. Like, it's you gotta, you just gotta, you gotta charge to the game. Keep pushing. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's it. I figured. If you don't, you're going to get stuck. And you it can't is. get stuck. You got something to do the next day. Um, so Class in the morning. Class in the morning. Okay. Um, Corn, what is a myth about law school that you want to debunk? That maybe you thought before you coming into law school? Um, Going into law school, I thought I had to. There's like two. Can I say two? Yeah. Can I go yeah. two? Okay. So one, the first big one is that you have to go to a T14 law school in order to be successful. So for those of you that don't know what a T14 is, just like, since for top 14 law schools in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And I always thought, like, I have to go to a T14. Like, that's the only way I'm going to be successful. That's the way you get into these big law jobs. That's the way you get any opportunities. That's just not true at all. Like, it's the furthest mm-hmm. thing from the truth. Um there's opportunities wherever you go and networking is the biggest way to get any opportunity or any job or anything like that, that you're looking for. So I think that's a huge myth that everybody believes is happening, uh, like believes to be true. Mm -hmm. Um, The second myth, it was that you have to know everything before you go to law school. Like you have to know, I think, and it sounds crazy because like when you go to law school, you're going to learn like outside looking in for people who don't want to go to law school. They're like, Oh, it's okay that you don't know everything. That's what you're going to law school for. But a lot of times law school attracts these people who are like very, I get, it's funny. It's like type A, (laughs) type A personality types. They're, they feel like they have to be the best. They have to know everything. And while that is true to a certain extent, it's a learning curve. You're not going to know everything before you go. And that's the point of going. So, don't feel like you have to know everything or know, like you're going to learn. There's going to be stuff you don't know, regardless of how much you try. So just don't feel like you have to. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And like, honestly, I feel like even coming from like a PWI to an HBCU, like how has that been like? Because I feel like that's a huge culture change. And it's like, I don't know. I feel like HBCU for grad school is like a very interesting, like dynamic. Yeah, it is a very it's very interesting, and I am so glad that I did choose to go to HBCU for law school. Um, mm. It is definitely a huge culture shock. One, because I'm in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. 
Yeah. I know you eating good. I know you eating good. I'm eating a little too good. I have to say, <laughs> I have to say in the gym, this is gonna get. To it. But um, as far as the culture goes, like you know, it's definitely a different feeling of community and sense of self. And I didn't realize before, like when I was at a PWI, I never, I knew I was like one of the few black people students in my class, mm-hmm. and I didn't necessarily ever feel uncomfortable. Like, I was always securing myself. But being at HBCU, I realized, like, how more comfortable I was being in that space. Mm -hmm. And you don't recognize the difference until you're in the, like, actually sitting in it. Yeah. Um, So I think that's the hugest difference. Of course, like, homecoming was a good time. You know, like, that, you know. Already knowing. (laughs) All of those things. Um, And I'm not going to get into that administrative standpoint because everybody knows, like, the typical like okay sometimes hbcus are slow with this and this and this that was not my experience at oh, Southern. Okay. they were very on top of things for the most part so i have no complaints in that regard but it's definitely been like i can appreciate i'm very glad i went to hbcu for law school like very glad so yeah. oh love love that um like your favorite part. I mean, I know you've already mentioned how you love being HBCU, but is there another favorite part that you feel like is standing out right now from your first year? Um, I think just like being in a new environment and meeting new people, I get like going back to school, like it's, it feels good. It does feel good. I'm not, I, if I could go to school forever, I Listen, would. So I, I agree. To pay like these loans. I don't want to pay that the loans. Oh, okay, if, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. If it was loan free, it'd be a whole different story. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> I just enjoy like being back in school and just like meeting new people, being a part of a different culture. Like, it's, I think that's my favorite part. And I have so much time. Like, going from working, going back to school, oh. I, just, like, I feel like, like, when you think law school, it's definitely very structured and you need to be intentional with your time. But going from, working every day to like going back to school oh this is this is nice this is lovely oh wow yeah and what i mean i saw you like like just rants about your job when you were at your job but what (laughs) what did you do i I didn't realize what you're doing i think you were something in law or some the government but (laughs) so yeah i worked at a law firm i was a legal secretary well right before i moved i was a legal secretary okay so while I was there, I did some like proofing documents, uh, billing. Although, like you would think, accounting would do billing, but that's you I was know gonna say, that's, that's that's a little different, but exactly. <laughs> um, but like proofing documents, uh, and just like assisting attorneys with like little stuff. Um, it wasn't as legal work heavy as my job prior that I did. I was a paralegal, and that was amazing. I learned a lot. So yeah, that was a. That was kind of what I did before law school. I just worked at two law firms for the most part. That's super cool. Oh, that's super cool. I'm like, wow. Megan Marco? Like, when you were when you were saying, I was like, oh, giving like- students. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I felt. That's how I felt, Loki. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, with the briefcase, I already know. You know yeah. that's, that's, <laughs> that's literally so fun. And before we get into the questions from the girlies, because I know we got a lot, what's the worst part about being in law school as a first year? The worst part is people sometimes will, I think it's the comparison. I think that's the worst part because 
everybody, if they people haven't heard about it, every law school has a 1L curve. And so they do that to so people have rankings, GPA, and also like what the bottom part of the class they end up like flunking out for the most part. It is to just like Oh wow. The, yeah. So I think that's the worst part. I'm not stressed about it because I've just always been him not like that. But I hey. just feel like Hey, 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 hey. I know that's right. <laughs> um, but I think that's the worst part, just constantly being like, am I doing enough to make sure that I'm above the curve and get, I'm going to end up with the grade that I want? I think that's the worst part, so it adds a little element of stress in there, but yeah. Wait, so is, is every class like that, or is it like just the, like overall your whole GPA? So I believe all, all of my doctrinal classes like that for their first year are like that. After mm. your first year, they kind of ease up on the curve because they've gotten rid. Dang, I hate to say that, but they've gotten rid of the people that they were supposed to get rid yeah, of. They, they clean it up. Curve. Yeah, yeah, you know. So they get, they're still a curve, but it's just not as heavy. And where you're at, most of the time, kind of stays there. So, but yeah, it, that first year curve, it's it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. So you pay all that money, and you might not even make it. Oh it's God. crazy. I know it's crazy. It's and crazy. Yeah. Does that where people become paralegals? Like, how does that pipeline work? So, it, <laughs> people can become paralegals just like anybody can. I shouldn't say anybody can be a paralegal. Yeah. Um, but most people go get a paralegal certificate, which can sometimes say six months to like a year. It just depends on like the program or whatever. I see. Um, and they know how to do like filings. They know a lot about the law. Like that's, that's mm. probably as close as you're going to get to some finding someone that's not a lawyer. There's exceptions of course, but like for the general knowledge, like a paralegal is just like the closest thing you can get as far as, you know, a lawyer. Gotcha. Go. People who flunk out of law school, sometimes they do become paralegals. I see. Um, or they go back to whatever career they were doing prior to or switch up, you know, it just kind of depends. So. I see. Wow. Okay. Okay. Hey, we was business majors. We don't know nothing about it. Yeah. <laughs> hey. um, but yeah, we got a few questions from the girlies and we're just going to popcorn, read them. And um, thank you guys for even at um, sending in questions because it, yeah. it really but a lot of episode. A lot of you guys I was like DMing with personally. So a lot of you guys are really like in depth about your answers and stuff. And um, we said we would definitely get back to you. So if you hear your stuff in here, um, here you go. This is like a lot of questions in here. So yeah. um, the first one says, hi, I'm applying to law school right now. So many questions are kind of centered around the application process. Nothing crazy specific, but more like if this person, Corn, has any tips on personal statements or even networking with schools that would help anyone applying. Also, if you feel comfortable talking about your stats, like GPA and LSAT when you apply, that'd be wonderful. Um, and also just explaining um, where they go to law school in relation. I mean, you already explained that. So yeah. just the general application process. Of course. So I'll hit on personal statements first. When you're doing a personal statement, you want to make it as, you want to make it about, you want to tell them about yourself without, tell them everything that's not on your resume. Stand mm -hmm. out. So I'm not going to say trauma dump on them, but you know, do what you gotta do. Like yeah. you yeah, need yeah. to tell, like you need to give them, a, tell them why you want to go to law school. Tell them a story. Tell them what makes you the best choice and what sticks out. And like, your, talk about your drive. Talk about your commitment. Talk about who inspired you to be like go to law school and why. 
this is important to you, what type of work you want to do. That's what you want to include in your personal statement. You do not want to go back over your resume and like, oh, I've accomplished all of these things and this is what I've done. And the, like, they can see that from your resume. It's okay to like drop one or two things. And like, when I say drop, I mean, just like name drop, but don't yeah. make your whole personal statement like that. Talk yeah. about yourself so they get to know you as a person. Yeah. So you need to... You need to wear your heart on your sleeve when you write that personal statement. I'm not going to lie. And same thing for diversity statements. Diversity statements, for those that don't know, it's kind of similar, but it's just more of like, okay, what about your identity specifically? So race, sexual orientation, that type of thing. What makes you stick out to their student population? If you are not a white male, you should write one. Mm -hmm. If you're not a white male, you should write one. Mm-hmm. A white straight mm-hmm. male at that. If you were like, mm. you should, you should write um, yeah. because it gives them that gives not to say that they, it gives you brownie points, but it does. Like at the end of the day, law schools need to have a certain demographic about them. Yeah. So you want to give them everything about you. So they get that. Um, so they get that full portfolio. Um, when you're filling out your application if you are interested in some type of law out there that is like very specific, like, I don't know. Um, like if you want to do something related to like reservations law or something like that, like, or some like water law or something very, very specific. Oh. Wow. Water need, law. Yeah. Like it's crazy. It's like, there's a million and one things. Write that, click other on your application and write that in. It makes you stick mm-hmm. out and you can also probably get more money from the school or just like more scholarships. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're doing your application, say that if you are just interested in like corporate criminal, that is okay. But if you are interested or you want to just say that you're interested because you, you know, I'm not saying, I'm just saying you want them to pick you. So yeah, there's, yeah, do what you got to do. Do exactly. what you got to do. Um, as far as like my personal stats. So my undergrad GPA, I had a three, six. Mm. Um, and then my LSAT, I'm not going to say my exact score, but I will just say I had under a 150. So is, for, okay. Thank you. Come score range, people who are listening, I'm like, Oh, um, so score ranges from 120 to 180. Let's say that right. So 120 to 180 average is about like, a good soft landing point usually for most people is like 150 to 155 right in there is like a really solid range that's good um i will say the lower your gpa is the higher your lsat score is going to need to be the higher your gpa is the you can get away with the lower lsat score it's the same thing um with like undergrad when you applied when you had a low gpa or high yeah. you know you know the deal um and that just goes to say like I know someone who got into Georgetown, which is like a T4. I think it's like, it's T14. I forgot what their rank, but they had a 3.8 GPA in undergrad and their LSAT score was like 143 or so. Like mm-hmm. it was low. It was yeah. low. So I'm just saying like, that just goes to show you don't have to have the highest LSAT score out there. You, It's about your application and you as a whole, as a person. Um, so I would just say, when you're applying, apply to schools that you wouldn't actually mind living in. Um, I didn't apply to any. How do I put this? I didn't apply to any school that I wouldn't have actually 
wanted to stay in besides the school. I can't lie. Dang. Mm-hmm. I don't want to stay here, and I know that. I but see. Um, I would highly advise, like, apply to schools that you would not mind living in because a lot of times that's usually where you stay because that's where you network at, et cetera, et cetera. So mm-hmm. I think I answered that question. Yeah. No, you you killed that. Yeah, fast. I mean, realistically, yeah. Like, one thing that I can add to this is, like, when I was doing my MBA applications, um, the person that was helping with my personal statement was, like, <clears throat> connect what you're doing for your whatever masters you're going for to like past president future you so like it doesn't have to be like comprehensive like it doesn't have to be like oh i'm talking about my childhood and then present and then future but like make sure you bring in who you are personally like when you were a kid if you had dreams of doing this and then how that's going to help future you long term and that's mm-hmm. how i did mine and yeah i'm not gonna lie it does get very sappy in there you kind of just like throwing it all on the table like hey please let me in please i'm literally it's, it's giving like a little bit begging for me at least because i was like damn i'm really throwing it out here but realistically like you have to do that because most people are going to be very vulnerable in there so if you have a very like cut and dry like what corn said just your your resume or just like you bragging the entire time like they can see right through that mm-hmm. yeah um on to the next um thank you again for the girlies sending these in because it really buffed up this episode um how long did you prepare for the lsat what program did you use to prepare what guidelines did you use to pick your choices for law school? If you took a gap year, work full-time before law school, how did you do it financially? Example, did you continue working full-time in, in school part-time, surviving solely on loans? What scholarship resources did you use? Also, if they can leave contact info for listeners to get in touch with them, if applicable, that would be great. Of course. Um. So, <laughs> so how long did I prepare for the LSAT? I'll be honest and transparent. I took the LSAT... I want to say four or five times. Wow. Okay. Um, and that is because, <laughs> so when I, I graduated undergrad in three years, and I tried taking the LSAT my last year of college. Mm. The issue with that was I was doing way too much mm. my last year of school. I was taking like 20 plus credits. I was involved in all these organizations and I was like pretending, I was like studying, but I wasn't, I wasn't putting in the yeah. Yeah. Um, so I took it so many times. Um, but the programs I did end up using were Magoosh was really good. I used, uh, what's it called, Bradley? It was, ooh, give me one sec, one sec, one sec. I'm like, it's going to come back to me. We have a few more LSAT questions, too, later on. Yeah, so we, not coming- the, girlies, the girlies really want to know about the LSAT, so we can circle back to okay. that one. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll circle back to that, but nonetheless, uh, as far as like a gap year and stuff, so I took two years off and I worked. So right when I graduated, I did an internship at the attorney general's office in Colorado. Then I worked at a small law firm as a paralegal for like nine months. And then I worked at the firm I was at for a year before I left to go to law school. Um, and as far as like going into law school and like money and managing all that. I took out loans. I did get scholarships. There's a lot of them out there, um, just private scholarships. So look around. If you plan on staying in state, like where you're at, look and see, look into whatever Black Bar Association there is around or that type of thing because they do give out scholarships. Just look around. I promise you you'll be able to find them. Your yeah. school will likely give you a merit scholarship um, to do that. And if worse comes to worse, you can take out the loans. 
Um, what I do know is a lot of schools, after your first year or your first semester, if you place within like the top 20 to 20% or so, top 10% for sure, just depends on your school. They will give you more money, um, mm-hmm. more scholarship money. So it just kind of, you got to weigh your odds. It's okay to take out the loans, especially, but also weigh the loans against what type of law you want to do. If you know you want to go in, into being a public defender, you are going to want to have more of those loans like more of your school paid for. If you mm-hmm. know you want to go into big law or a mid-sized firm, it's okay to take out more of the loans because you're going to make it back. So mm-hmm. I would say just be mindful of that. Mm-hmm. I see. Um, yeah. I, I want to say there were a few more um, gap um, scholarships. Yeah. Oh, contact info, LinkedIn. I mean, we'll have that posted already. So we'll, mm-hmm. we'll go ahead and put the LinkedIn in our socials. And that'll be all there. Um, let's see here. On to the, yeah, on to the next. Um, how do you feel being a black man in law school? And if you know any black women there, how do you think they feel being black women? Um, what is the culture like? How do you keep a good work-life balance if you do work? What are some things you wish you knew beforehand? Do you regret going to law school? Do you think it's worth it? How do, I'm going to pause there. I'm yeah, gonna we'll pause take there. it one at a time. Yeah, one at a time. <laughs> Um, so let, let's go with the first one. How do you, how do you feel being a black man in law school? Um, I feel great, especially because I am at, uh, HBCU. Yeah. Um, I think that does make addition a difference because law, learning the law and law in general in the United States is inherently violent towards black people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think being at an HBCU gives me a different level of comfort that I would not experience at a PWI. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, and it's just a trade-off. It's literally, you know, and I will say that when you attend an HBCU for law school, it gives you, it gives a more of a, I don't want to say a safety net, but I, I will say a safety net of like, I know there's a community of people that look like me, that are around me, that know exactly how I'm feeling, mm-hmm. exactly mm-hmm. how I'm feeling. And we're learning these cases and some of them, like we had a case where the guy sued somebody because he didn't pay for the whips. Like he, the guy had sent like, like I'm kid you not. I, there's no way I could sit in a classroom mm, at a all white class and learn that. Like I, there's no way I could do that. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, I think going to HBCU for law school is a good choice. And I know a lot of times when you're going, because going into law is looked at as an elitist thing, subconsciously, a lot of people applying to law school, some will kind of push HBCUs to the side mm. um, because mm. they know that they're going into an elitist thing. And they know that I need to look the best on paper as possible for the most opportunities. And I will say you have more opportunities at an HBCU than you would at a, PW, a lot of PWIs. Especially, wow. I the amount of like internships that I have seen these people send that are exclusively for people that go to Southern is mm-hmm. ridiculous. Wow. The amount of top law firms I've seen them like directly reach out to HBCUs is it's crazy, and it's something I don't as a first year law student I don't have to worry about that because my luckily thank God I my job before I left they offered me a position to come back next summer. So I don't have to worry about, I don't have to worry about like doing the game of like doing these interviews and stuff like this first summer. Like I don't have to worry about that. Yeah. But 
don't feel like you have to go to PWI in order to get the opportunities. The opportunities will be wherever you go. You just have to look for them and network your way in. Like mm-hmm. that's all it takes. Um, yeah. So hopefully, mm-hmm. that. yeah. Um, yeah. Are there? I, I know you talked about a little bit being at HBCU and like homecoming and stuff, but what is the culture like? I th- I feel like you tapped on a little bit like PWI versus HBCU, but like HBCU as a whole, like being an adult at HBCU, what does that look like? It's so interesting. Okay. Like, because I'm like, okay, I'm at an HBCU, but also I'm like not an undergrad. Mm-hmm. So I get to see all of the like children. I don't want to call them children, but like they, they're yeah. children to me. Like, yeah, they have the pretty Wednesdays and like we had pretty Wednesday at ASU, but it definitely wasn't as big. And I see like, I see them do pretty Wednesday and then it's on TikTok. Like, it's just kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the food on campus, like, I never expected to look forward to on-campus food. What? Um, oh, yeah. wow. Like, it's hitting mac and cheese. Like, they got gumbo and stuff out the, out the cafeteria, man. Like, I kid you, like, when you think what? about what you God. think. <laughs> I come to you humbly. <laughs> I can't put it into words. And, like, our bookstore... When I first got on, like when I first, first got to Southern, uh, my mom, me and my mom came and went to the bookstore and she went to get like, we were just getting souvenirs and stuff. And I'll go in there. I'm like, wait a second. They had a whole hair section. Like I'm talking wave caps. They had like wave caps, brushes, combs. They had the edge stuff for y'all. I don't know all the other stuff that y'all putting on, but it was there. Like I seen it. It was in my, because I know what my sister use, uses. So yeah. I know it. And I'm like. Bro, they that. got wig cap. You can just go get your wig cap from the bookstore. Right. That's a luxury I would kill. I would kill to have in undergrad. It's, Are you kidding me? It's crazy. I said, wow, this is this is something. And you know, <laughs> this is this is something. You got like, and then seeing like undergrads, they'll be like, some of them got Hellcats. I, here's the thing. Everybody down here in Louisiana, because it's Louisiana. And boozy from here, like, like so. Everybody got like a challenger, a Hellcat, like that's what they drive down here. So like hearing them like room up the street in the middle of the day, it's just like, bro, right. it feels like a little high school. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, speaking of high school, I'm sorry, I have to say this: law school will feel like high school. Law like, school, will feel like high school. It, what? It will. They're like, <laughs> so. We have like if you want to get a locker, they have lockers. So if you can, you can like ask for a locker, right? It's really weird, but yeah. there's that. Um, and just the way people socialize, it's like high school. It's everybody trying to find out who likes who, and everybody being in everybody's business. It's it can get messy. And I was like, is this just like a? I was like, okay, is this just because I'm at an HBCU? And then I had to ask some other friends that are like, no, like that's just that's just law school. That's just that's just how everybody is. I said, not these grown people who have had jobs. <laughs> Some of these people got kids. They're married. Acting like they're in high school all over again. Like, it's crazy. The clickiness. It's, it's, who it's, it's big adults living in high school again. Apparently we have like a ball or something. Yeah. Like a, we have like a law school prom. I don't know when it is. Don't know if I'll go, but like, hey, we'll see. Oh, you can't miss prom, corn. You can't, you can't miss prom. I really can. I really can. 
I'm not going to hold you. I was, as you were talking about, like, us having fun and, like, like, and then also, well, you having fun and also, like, the cafeteria, it reminded me of us being in Hasse for Hasse or whatever. And, like, one of the, when I did party, because there was, it was very short-lived. I, mm-hmm. I, I didn't see me out very often. Very you know, um, but when I did go out, I would always see corn at the white friends. Like, all, like I would always see this. crazy. Because I'm the noobs. So that's crazy. Oh, but that's what I say. At the time, you weren't. This was freshman year. No, there was a certain point where I was still going in my early really? They would get mad. They would get really? mad. I, be- I believe it. Because <laughs> I'm just like, bro, here's the thing. I love the noobs and us on a bond. But, like, listen, sometimes I want to have fun unjudged. I want to let loose yep. a little bit. Hey, and I'm tired of seeing the same people at the parties. Like, I'm just, like, sometimes I need to, if I pay, okay, this is how I look at it. If I pay my white friends $20 to, like, for the, that's $20 for the night. That's, that get me good with all the alcohol, yep. all the food. All the Ubers, like I ain't gotta do nothing else. Nothing. But now I gotta go find you for this fifteen because we just got a bottle. I just rather. I'm sorry to be that guy, but like I had a good time and I don't regret it. Bro, I would come into the frat and it's a white frat and like usually the white frats would not let guys in. It'd be like, oh, like no, only the women. Like it would, it would be really hard for you to get in if you weren't a part of the frat. But I think your roommates were part of the frat, right? My, no, one of my friends' names, uh, we're going to call him, we're going to call him Jack. We're going to call him, we're going to call him Jack. But, um, he was in the frat. Okay. Okay. Him and his friends were in the frat. I had met them because I went to high school with him. Yes. So he was like, I got you, man. I was like, bet. Yeah. And like, and y'all know, I really try to be a mom to all my friends. Like, I'm like, hey, corn, like, just make sure when you get home, you let me know. Like, I will see you later. Like, hi. like when I saw him, I was like, oh, my gosh. But by that time, everybody gone. Everybody having a grand time. We get in the morning. I'm like, hey, corn, how are you doing? He's like, not too good. Not too good, friend. And I'm like, okay. Hey, I'll go the, white, the white frats used to have the alcohol on 10. Like, they would not run out. At the black frat? I'm like, bro, the noob juice was gone. First 30 minutes. What's going on? <laughs> No oil, no nothing. Like, I just be like, hey, <laughs> white fries. That they used to have that way. white bar on ten, and it used to be cold. And it really is not hard to impress them. Like, it's really not. If you want some attention. White frat is where you need to go. Like, that's really what it is. And I actually just posted a, a video of me and Maris and Nicaea, and we were all like, just looking like. What are y'all doing? Like you get you can get irritated at white frats. Like if you know you know, like bro, you're kind of doing too much. Like I don't know Maybe. what you're off on, off of, because it probably isn't just Pink Whitney. You see what I'm saying? Um, you need to calm down. No, I, I think it's not here for free, but it's really the Skrillets remits of every song. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I used to be like, bro. It used to be like like my favorite song. I'm like, oh, that's my song. Play. Why? Why is the beat dropping so loud? And why are you screaming the rest of the song? I used to be pissed. Like, what's happening here? <laughs> I went to two. Yeah. And then my campus had a whole thing because, like, there was a scandal with the white frat. And, like, they were, like, they were being rude towards, like, this gay guy. And he literally had a whole, like, protest on campus. And everybody was, like, 
this frat did this to me, this frat did this to me. Like literally it was a whole thing to where our president of the school almost had to get involved and be like, what's going on with these frats? So literally like the white frats, like especially my freshman and sophomore year were under hot water. They was having like, they was like, we having a party, but don't tell nobody else about it. Like you can't spread no word. Like this is undercover. And they were like banned from doing certain stuff. So very short lived. That's crazy. I remember we used to have, I would have my frat friend because she was cool with the sorority girls. So, and I think she was in the sorority. So every Friday I'd be like, hey, where are the flyers at? Send me the flyers. My friends would pick. Okay, if you're going to this one, probably this one next. But we'll go to the library but for about five hours before so we can make sure everything's good. Because I'm not going to no party unless we're not, unless we in Noble. And if you know, you know, especially if you went to ASU. But yeah, there was, I can't remember the exact Alpha Kappa, whatever. Um, but one of the ones, they, it was real rapey. It was real, like, I forgot. It was, I don't know what the, the Greek stuff is. I, y'all know. But it was, it was, ugh. I'll find it and put it on the story. But the, I, don't, I don't know if it's ASU has got them or if they're, you know, banned or whatever. I hope they are. But it got real bad during my freshman and sophomore year for sure. Oh, yeah. That's what was happening at UNLV. They was like, oh, he did that to y'all? Well, this party, this happened to me. And literally, like, a string of people from, like, every grade, every walk of life. Like, I remember I literally walked on campus, and I had class on Friday, unfortunately. And, like, they had the protest that day. And I literally, they had a bullhorn just screaming, like, name dropping. Connor did this to me! Like, it was not, it was it was so bad. Like, literally, I was like, I just stopped and listened. Because I'm like, what did Connor do? I have yes. no idea what's happening. I only knew based on what was coming out that bullhorn and things I was seeing on like Twitter. Other than that, I was like, I had no idea. This freshman year, I'm like, I had no idea Idea. it was this bad. It was like the movies, but worse. Literally worse because it was real, real people. It was real life. (laughs) Not a joke. Yeah. Um, um, Yeah. we, We got on our tangent of the episode. So let's go ahead and get back to law school. But I, me and Corn, I wouldn't see him that often. But when I did see him, it would be like, I'm going to check in on you in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> like, are you okay, Court? <laughs> okay, so next question. What are some things you wish you knew beforehand, before law school? Um, I would say, like, know yourself. Yeah. And, like, when I say that, know the way that you learn information and be, like, be certain in it. Because you'll see a lot of people do a lot of different things. And on the first day of class, every you know, people get their like tips and tricks from a multitude of places, right? Mm-hmm. But the first day of school, I'm never gonna forget. We walked in, first class, professor the first day was syllabus day, and people were just typing, typing away. I'm, just, I'm like, I'm scared of y'all. They're just going over the syllabus. Like, what's like <laughs> what's going on? And like I would say just know yourself and know the way that you learn and stick to it because that's going to, you're going to have to pivot a little bit, but you don't need to switch up every single thing that you do. In my opinion, you don't have to, you don't have to do the absolute most. Like a lot of people will tell you, like you don't have to. So just stick to yourself. I see. Um, the, I'm going to ask this last question. Then Neja, you can take over the other five. They didn't ask. Um, do you regret going to law school and do you think it's worth it? I do not regret going to law school. I think it's absolutely worth it. Um, best decision I've made in my life so far. Now, we're going to have to see in a couple of weeks after these finals, but 
Yeah. So far, so good. No complaints. Love, love. Um, and do you, are there any extracurriculars that you're part of on campus? Um, or are you just like solely academics right now? Solely academics right now. Um, next semester, I'm hoping that I can try out for moot court and go, get onto that. But I don't really want to overdo it. I want to just stay focused on my grades right now. Um, so I think that's the most important thing. Doing the organizations and stuff, it's cool. But depending on what you want to do, it doesn't, it's not going to give you an edge up. And it's not something that's going to, uh, I don't want to say benefit you, but most of the time it doesn't. So mm-hmm. I think nice. Yeah. Um, and then the girlies also want to know, how do you feel about law school debt? I mean, I know you mentioned like, depending on what type of law you're going into, it works out better, but is there any other advice you have for them? Um, this is not the best financial advice. And let me preface this. I am not a financial advisor, but that debt I'm going to, I'm accruing. That is for, that's not for me. It's it's not for me. I'm dissociating. I'm dissociating so bad. Like. Somebody else is gonna take care of it, and yeah. if it's me. It's not me right now. It's future me. So yeah. it's a problem for tomorrow. That mm. part. That's why I love it. It's, it's above you, realistically. It's above me. Oh, yeah. They're not, yeah. They're not coming for you right now. Right? Exactly. Biden. Biden. Good. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Um. Last thing from from this one question. Um, if you could give anyone advice for the pre LSAT or else, see clearly, I don't know <laughs> LSAT LSAT stage. What would you say? Um, I would say make sure you have solid people for your letters of rec. So you want to make sure you have a good professor, advisor, somebody that can attest to your work ethic, somebody that can attest to, um your grades like the type of person you are i think that's that's huge um as far as like everything the small things you don't think about like when you're applying make sure you have solid letters of rec um go ahead and find go ahead and gather them transcripts Mm. together even the ones like if you were in high school and did like a like took a class or two from you don't need that too wow um any type of criminal activity regardless if it was dismissed expunged get ready to pull that too you're gonna need that like they ask and the only reason they that doesn't like let me preface this it doesn't automatically disqualify you by any means but they ask all of that and for all that information because when you try to when you're done with law school and you apply for the bar to like take the bar if you don't pass character and fitness they won't let you sit for the bar they won't let you even take the bar so they ask all those questions to get like a gauge of like okay can this person currently sit for the bar or not wow so take that into consideration whoa wow they real strict i i maybe the girlies already know this but what is character and fitness is that a pre-test it's so it's kind of like a moral test of character it's like are you an upstanding citizen are you someone who we can depend on to you're supposed to be above the above above the mark i guess but mm-hmm. there's people who aren't all law school who have committed some yep. serious crime and so like nonetheless um it's just to make sure you're a morally sound person gotcha. wow. wow um and i guess as our very last question because every other question you've honestly covered yeah um what kind of obstacles did you face on the financial side of applying 
applying applying is expensive. Mm. Oh, it wow. is like so. I remember now the LSAT study plans I I did, but um, I did Kaplan, um, I did Magouche. There's also uh, what is it? LSAT trainer and Seven Sage. I paid for Kaplan and paid for Magouche, but I would say definitely try to find those fee waivers and stuff because it's sixty five dollars. Is it sixty five or thirty five? I don't know. It's one of the two numbers for each. You have to send out the application itself. Mm-hmm. So each school ranges from like $35 to $120 for the application, right? Mm-hmm. And that's just like name, race, gender, blah, 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 blah. Then you have to have a separate part of your application that's registered in LSAC, which is where they, the system is that takes in your letter of a rec and your, your LSAC score and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. They have to send a report out to all those schools, and that's a separate fee. So they charge you an additional thirty-five, and then to register for that service, it's like two hundred and seventy dollars. It gets expensive very quickly. Like, what? so I would say, as far as financially applying, like, try and set aside money, like save up a little bit. First, save up for law school as much mm-hmm. as possible, and then try save up for for applying because applying can get expensive very quickly. I think I spent. Over like when I think about study plans, applying, and all of that, I spent over like at least three to four thousand dollars applying altogether. How many yeah. schools did you apply to? I want to say nine, eight okay. or nine. Okay. nine. Okay. So it racks so, up. Yeah, it racks up. It racks up quick, very quick. Especially, I think the most expensive is the um, the study plans. Mm. Like the study aids, so that can be pretty expensive for this quality one. So that makes yeah. sense. And yeah, I, especially if you're taking a course, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you hit on this, but like when you took the LSAT for that fifth time, what made you say, "Okay, I'm not taking it again"? Was it the score or what? Um, I said I decide. I had already sent to my applications, mm-hmm. so I had decided prior to that, regardless of what the score is, we just gonna make it this time, and this is. Like, God, you got to do it because I can't. I was tired of working. I knew, like, this is something I wanted to do. And I was just like, it is what it is. I'm going to go where the wind blows. And it's above you. It's above me. Yeah. Also, last question. I'm just trying to think of maybe the question the girlies may have that they didn't answer. What, how are you going to school and not working? Like, how how does that, what does that look like? So, um, obviously the loans that I took, I maxed out on my loans. So one thing I will say is they say only take what you need because you can ask for more like in the middle of school. Yes, that is very, very true. I would say if you, I would advise you to max out on the loan just because stuff comes up. Mm-hmm. You have expenses. Because um, like right now, yeah, I have rent electricity all that but i also have a car payment and insurance Mm. as a man huh as a man dang because men insurance is high it's high it hurts (laughs) yeah so i would say like try and save up before going to law school as much as possible to mitigate some of that um do a registry i didn't do a registry but i know a lot of people did oh wow Um, have somebody throw you a little going away party so that you can collect your little five, ten, twenty, fifty dollars from whoever. Um, yeah, there. 
Because yep. that it helps, you know, every little bit helps. Um, and just, yeah, I would say save as much as possible. And if need be, max out the loan. Do what you got to do. Because it's going to, like, no matter what you do, you're, you're pot, unless you are somebody who has worked for, I want to say, like, three or four years at least and has saved, like, tremendously, unless you're going to, like, be pressed for money. Like, that's just kind of how it works. I'm, everybody I know is just like, I need it to be January so the next refund check can hit so I can, like, get yep. out of this little pickle, you know? Mm -hmm. so yeah. It's okay if you do go and fill in press for money like it's normal it's okay it happens don't stress out about it it'll be okay oh it's we going for that degree okay yes. you're good yeah. hey wow okay that was really great i feel like i learned more about law school than i ever have ever known so thank you for this too. listen That's most i know and really that um listen. but oh. we, did, we did have a final tip um that somebody did did send in um, she said, I just started my first year of law school and luckily I had great mentors coming in and met a lot of black people on campus that have helped guide me and provide me with resources. But without them, I would have been really lost coming in. I wish I knew that you really just have to take everything one day at a time because it's very overpriced in the beginning and use all the resources available to you. Also save more money than you think you will need because you won't be able to work. I 100% agree, you know? Yeah. She yeah, ate that, that one. Eight. It, it felt like she was just like echoing everything you literally said. Yeah. Shout out to her. And okay. shout out to anybody that asks questions and stuff. Like hopefully this helped you guys. And we are going to give, um, like we're going to have a post on our story and on our feed of Corn's information. So mm -hmm. Corn, hopefully they can reach out to you if they have any follow-up questions. Um, yeah. You know, you guys can reach out to him and he's, he's obviously living it. So best person to ask. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not us, it's great. <laughs> not us, I promise you that. That's why he's not at home. I, can't ask, I, can't, I can answer about business school when I get there, but law school is, you, you got to go to corn. Yeah, um, the corn. So, um, moms, I think we should do hot topics and then maybe one call to the request line. Down with that. Um, so if you're new here, me and Asia met on Twitter. So our, our beginning title for this was, why would you say that? It's now hot topics. And we basically go over things we've seen on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram. Sometimes we'll show you guys pictures. It can get sometimes to Lulu. Um, and so when I saw this tweet maybe about a week ago, it's going to be a little late by the time you guys hear this. But you know those twins that be dancing for Beyonce? The twins? Yeah. Um, there was like an Instagram live that popped up on, on recorded on Twitter. And I was like, oh, what's this? Basically, he has 37 kids and they be going back, back to back, dating the same girl. And if they get tired of sex, they'll just trade. Trade for trade vibes. <laughs> Listen, and I heard that it's like a secret twin competition from the girl that was French, right? So like I watched the TikTok and the girl that was French, they had to have another girl that was French and New English decode what she was saying. And she was basically saying they have this weird twin rivalry where like if one guy gets the girl, the other guy has to get her too. And I don't know if 37 kids is true, but I know he was on live like, I don't know why you guys are spending all these rumors about me. You know, I wouldn't have 37 kids, but if I did, I'd want a black one, an Asian one. And that starts listing races of which... I said... I don't know which twin this was. I said twin number one. Why would you say that? Oh, 
Oh, because it's not it's not helping his case like at all. If I did, I'd want. You're, oh, that's they, a threat. That's that, you're like Nick Cannon level. That's a literal threat. They need to be locked away. They need to be locked. Because <laughs> bro, what? Switch is on. Switch is on. Trading uh, in the middle of the night, like, hey, you got her. Um, I don't know. This has been a reoccurring thing on the pod, but Corn, I don't know if you know about the Kiki Palmer, Mr. Lightskin situation. Um, I'm sorry. But yeah, yeah. So, um, in a previous episode, we were talking. Um, Denasia got news, saw the news of him choking her and all that stuff. And so, somebody post posted talking about some. I do not play about Kiki Palmer, and I do not like light skinned people, so I'm very unsettled. <laughs> Inset- Why would you say that? They didn't have to do all that. Just looking for a reason. Just looking for a reason. Just looking for a reason to put down the 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 bright community. But it's just like, why would you? Literally, why would you say that? Another why would you say that is, um, y'all say twenty dollars an hour, not good money, but you got herpes. Make it make sense. Correlation. (laughs) What? And somebody said, just tore my whole apartment up looking for the correlation. Because I just mad. (laughs) Who pissed her off? (laughs) Like. I just don't understand how one plus one, like, the math is not mathing, bro. The math is not mathing. Oh, my gosh. My oh, my God. I'm not going to lie. I'm really, like, I'm really stretched because I've been using all my why would you say it. We've been feeling back to back to back. So, like, yeah. my last why would you say that was literally a day ago. Um, yeah, literally less than four hours ago. This man, this man said, and you know, you know how people take cartoons and make them, like, human? It's real mm-hmm. weird. I don't like it. But, you know, this one guy did a... Me, me and my, me and my B at Disney World. Hashtag one hundred emoji, and this is, this is it. I saw okay that I saw that, and that disturbed. And but what got me the, the picture already is disturbing. The crazy part is the baby in this picture has a matching BBL like the mom. And someone said the baby got a BBL too. <laughs> That's insane. We can't give black people AI. Like why this, some people don't deserve Photoshop. Like I'm don't, sorry. Don't like what in your mind, how do you even type in BBL Mickey and Minnie Mouse at <laughs> Disneyland with two kids? With like, a kid. What? Disney cool. is working on a on on a litigation today. Awesome. <laughs> hey. It's okay. I, I tell you know it's okay for God to send a rapture now. Like it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I've had it. I've seen enough. I've had enough. I've had enough. Somebody posted no place like NYC, and you have to be on video to see this because I'm not describing it. <laughs> That's about right. That's about right. And he gonna talk about some. Um, I hate my city. Some sometimes he said when we made eye contact, he said what in work. <laughs> <laughs> hey, <Whoa. laughs> I've literally seen a man on the street pull his entire drawers down, like down to the ankles, and pee on the street. I and mean, I said, it's not like our friends haven't done that. You're right, but at least we knew him. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is random booty I'm seeing on the street. Who this man is. And it's cold. It's, like, I don't understand. It's literally cold. Um, I don't know if your guys' parents are at this point, but somebody said, my mama has reached the point of, I want some grandkids to where she told me the other day, I don't even care if you're married. I just want some grandkids. So you want me to be a baby mama in this economy? She she said I'm I'm settling. <laughs> I'm ready. Okay. 
Are you are you guys' parents at that point? Like, I want some grandkids, or they're okay. no, absolutely not. No. Mr. Marvin will never be at that point where he He'll has never no grandchildren. Even listen, are you kidding? If I ever told him I'm pregnant, he'll be like, "That can't be." What were you doing? You're literally Virgin Mary. How how could that even happen? I don't know. <laughs> Corin, what does it look like over there for you? Yeah, no. Um, they keep see. Here's the thing. I don't think I want kids, and I've expressed that to my parents. And it's right. like I love children. It's just the fact of them being my own. Yeah, I'm with you. Responsible for it and clean it and water it and <laughs> bathe. Like water. Like. <laughs> That's oh. why, like, that you see that like, that's the issue. That's why I don't need any of my own. Yeah, I can watch somebody else's kid. Like right. for a little bit. Yeah. I love, I love kids, but I just don't want to be that responsible. And I let my parents know that. Yeah, They're a little upset. Um, and then she'll trying to hold out hope. Oh, you're changing my. I'm not changing my mind. Um, because yeah. like you said, in this economy. Thank you. In this society, in this global warming, we going through. The kids might not even make it. Like, why would I do that? I feel like that's negative. I'm not gonna hold you. Yeah, I'm with you. I told my parents. I mean, maybe in eight years, I might change my mind. They talking about we have better luck with Kayla. I said, great. At least somebody can carry on the line. Don't look to me. It's not me. I was talking to Kelly right before this episode, and if you guys are new here, Kelly is one of our friends that we went to Miami with, and one of my best friends since high school. And we were talking about kids and I was like, who's going to be first? And she's like, well, you like, that's literally what it's looking like. It's you. And I'm like, well, I mean, milestones, that is what it's looking like. That is what it's looking like. But I was like, cause it's between me and Kelly for the race. But she was like, honestly, I am kind of hoping that the nature gets pregnant first. I said, don't say this. Bro, I'm just catching strays on a Friday night. That's I don't say that, bro. Literally, why would you? I don't know. I think it's just the excitement of it all because we're not expecting you to. Oh, it's the thrill. It's the thrill for you. Not for me. <laughs> you can kiss that dream goodbye. Yeah, that's what I told her. I said, not, not Denasia. She got school to go to. Like she is. Kids are her last. I am the kid. Life. I'm not gonna hold you. Oh, that's what I've been talking <laughs> to my coworkers. Like y'all, I'm just a girl. Like. I know I handle a lot of money, but I'm just a girl. I'm just a girl. Like, I'm trying my best. I'm a 23-year-old teenage woman. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) I've come to, like, the conclusion that no matter how old we get, like, we just feel like, I don't know how, I don't know how to put it. Like, when we were kids and we saw, like, people that are our age, like, that, they're like, oh, my gosh, they're really doing, like, and now we're here, we're like, oh, now we realize nobody knows what, Nobody knows what they're doing. No one. No one. They're all winging it. They're all winging it. Literally. And even when we're like 30, still winging it. Yeah. Hopefully by then the frontal lobes developed. I can hope for the best, but I'm, you know. It's just we're just kids with a little bit more money. And And a whole lot more responsibility. That's it. Unfortunately. Like people looking up to me. Can you be my mentor? I got called Miss the other day. Are you kidding me? (laughs) You the frick out of me. What? <laughs> Student. I far from y'all. Like, it's, not, it's not been that long. Do I miss Miss Thompson? Miss Thompson? I almost threw myself off the building. 
I said, who are you talking to? Not my mother, obviously. Yeah, because that's, oh, that's, Miss Thompson to me is Miss McQuette. <laughs> you. Like, what? Now it's me, apparently. Who knew? Oh my gosh. I know you're not a biggest, the biggest fan of potlucks in Asia, so I know this might make your screen crawl, <laughs> but somebody said, the white people at my job throwing a potluck, and one of the sides is garlic, pumpkin, mashed potatoes. <laughs> you know what? Wait a second. Wait a second now. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. They probably did something. Let me hear me out. Hear okay. me out. Okay. Me okay. He said garlic, pumpkin, mashed potatoes, right? Yeah. Okay, garlic, mashed potatoes, you'd be good, right? Yeah. So it just really depends on how much pumpkin is really in the garlic pumpkin mushroom. I'm just saying, hear me out. Hear me. I'm I'm definitely not enthusiastic about it. <laughs> but you, you you'd put I it on a plate. Do, I might put a little like a little spoonful. Yeah, like a like a tablespoon or a teaspoon. Well, a teaspoon would be disrespectful. You got to exactly. do a tablespoon. So you got to do a tablespoon. You got to do a tablespoon. And then I'll try it out. And it probably won't like it. But you know what? I can say I tried something new. But the thing is, the quote retweet, the quote tweet said, this reminds me of the time that my boyfriend's dad made a pumpkin ricotta black pepper hot sauce pie. He was just giving it's giving, it's giving when your mom's like, we got food at home and just start throwing ingredients together. <laughs> But even what is ricotta black pepper hot sauce pie for dessert? Ricotta? No. For dessert? <laughs> he said, um, um, it was even nastier than it sounds. And she was like, um, is there ginger in here? Like a lot of fresh ginger because why is it spicy? So I guess that was the secret ingredient that wasn't in the title. Why is dessert spicy? <laughs> mm -mm. You already know how I feel about potlucks. Like I know, I know. My dad told me that at his job one year for Thanksgiving. This is what traumatized me. His him and his like coworkers, like he was like a manager at the point and like he was basically hosting it. So he told all his people to bring something. And basically one person, he had just got married, him and his wife is their first year doing Thanksgiving. His wife did not cook the turkey full the way, like all the way through. And they they brought it in, not even in like a container or like a like a tinfoil dish. They brought it in wrapped up in like a towel so they brought him in to the work and literally like put the towel he thought like he didn't know if it was a baby what it was put the towel on the table and unwrapped it like a gift and inside i mean the outside was crispy but they cut that thing open literally blood was coming out the turkey and then nobody else bring up no backup turkey and they had cats because my dad said he always saw them the hair on the on the on the outfit when you bring in the food already i'm i'm out my dad said everybody was pissed because they were starving all night and nobody else could cook that much better so ever since that story i'm like uh-uh uh, it's not store brat um and on that note we're gonna go ahead and do one call from the request line um we just want to thank you so much Gore, for coming on before you leave um we'll have you pick one of the calls from request line that you'd like to read and we can and then we'll um we'll all chime in we have a few. Okay. Um, let's do, what is it? That last one? Last one. Uh, okay. All right, you guys. Um, hi, all. Hope you're well. So I'm currently over a year in corporate and as the most junior on most teams, take a lot of, take a lot of grunt work, aka meeting note taker, team dinner reservations, and lunch caterer. 
What? As a business analyst, do you feel these were similar tasks you took on in your first year? How did you grow out of these roles and start to feel like more than just a junior practitioner? I feel like in corporate environments, it is very common, but most don't feel comfortable discussing their personal experiences with it transparently. Um, Corn, did you feel this way being a paralegal or any of your first year jobs? So being a par- paralegal, no. Um, and I was doing a lot of like actual hands-on work. Yeah. Um, more than I was in the job that I was at right before I left for law school. My wow. law school, um, the job I had right before, it wasn't quite that, but I can see how that was there. Um, I would just suggest to them, like, if they've been in that role for over a year, I think it's time to, like, leverage that, you know? Yeah. Have a conversation with your manager. Before you have the conversation with your manager, I would say just go look around at a couple jobs. I'm just saying so that you can leverage that in a conversation. Yeah. Um, because that that seems, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where they're working at, but I'm assuming it's just like it's a corporate type of environment. Yeah. That's what um, I would say. For me on my end, I am a business analyst. That was my first um, role because I was a junior demand planner. And maybe it's because I wasn't in the office, but I feel like it's just a level of respect. Like, I feel like this is a little bit hazing. Like, why you should be having the executive assistant do this stuff because this is executive assistant work. I didn't get a four-year degree to be a note taker. And I feel like it's been a year, so it's kind of hard to establish those boundaries because you are your in. But like Corn says, you have to really... Take, take a stance and on business to your manager like hey I'm not okay with doing this and I feel like my um my not tools my skills can be used in a better manner to, for this company to better this company I don't think this is actually helping me at all further my career um and I would like better work because that this is not that's this is not okay I've never seen something like this not in a movie how do you feel moms yeah, I mean, I understand. It gets very difficult depending on the company you work on, especially if it's more like Devil Wears Prada type of vibes. But I personally kind of went through something like this when I was an intern for a company and my boss was like asking me to clean out her office. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, this is not a part of my job whatsoever. Like, I'm not here to be your maid and be like, oh, can you clean out my office? It's a little messy day. I need help with like cleaning it out and folding up the t-shirts in the corner and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So knowing that, I would just say like, realistically it is hard to kind of stand up to your manager i understand that but you can have a conversation like what does my role look like and what's the future of this role because i feel like right now i'm not doing anything that benefits where i want to be and like Mm -hmm. set it up as like a career call or like a career chat where can i be in the next year and how can i get there and these responsibilities are not helping where i want to be so you can kind of play it to your advantage um Mm -hmm. Don't come out the gate being like i'm not taking no more notes but like make sure that you make it clear though that you are also not there to like basically being a this is an assistant like there's an executive assistant on my team and this is literally what they do like mm-hmm. down to the seats yeah down to lunch catering so mm-hmm. either they need to increase the headcount and get an assistant or i don't know this is not your job though at all at the frick all um yeah. but we just want to reiterate thank you so much Colin, for taking time out of your busy day and weekend to come on the pod this is freaking amazing um because we know we all got busy lives but thank you so much for coming on um, do you want to plug anything before we go? Um, I guess we're just, we'll, you'll just put it in the post. In the post, like, yeah. You know, Don't worry, you guys can you. find him. <laughs> you know, but thank y'all so much for asking me and inviting me on. It was great, so I really do appreciate it.
Absolutely. Yay, thanks Good to see you again. Because it's been a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe this <laughs> summer when you come back to Denver. Okay. I'll be back for Christmas. Bro, I'm about to be gone for Christmas. This summer I'll be back. So we okay. can yeah. Yeah, this is the dope thing. This is the dope thing. Uh yeah. Um, but all right, y'all, we'll tap in and thank you guys so much for staying this late and follow the YouTube, subscribe to YouTube, follow Instagram, we're almost at 800 followers. So, and we got some big things coming next season. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. Listen, and keep on submitting questions to our free suggestion bots in this episode description. You can find all our links, including the link to find corn. So everything will be in the description and we will see you guys next week. Yeah. Love you guys. Bye. 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 Thank you.